I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. Joining me in the studio today is no stranger uh, to Delaware State of the Arts, Sandy Robbins, the Chair of the Theater Department at the University of Delaware, also the Producing Artistic Director of the Resident Ensemble Players, and the upcoming recipient of the John Houseman Award from the Acting Company. Welcome, Sandy. Well, thank you very much, Paul. So glad to have you on the show today. So much exciting news, uh, both about yourself and the upcoming season of the Resident Ensemble Players. Let's start with you, because this John Houseman Award is a nationally recognized award from a, a nationally recognized theater company. Uh, it's an incredible honor for you and your accomplishments over time. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about your background in theater leading up to the recognition with this award. Uh, well, I've been directing plays for a long time now, about <laughs> almost 45 years. God, I hate to even say that. And, uh, and tra- much of my career I spent training actors, and the Hausman Award recognizes someone who, in their eyes, has forwarded the legacy of John Hausman, who was, of course, known for his uh, productions of classic plays. He was, the, among many other things, he was the artistic director at Stratford in Connecticut and was associated with some of the most important productions of Shakespeare and other classics for years. He was Orson Welles' partner in the Mercury Theater and then went on to be the head of the Juilliard School. And the Juilliard School of Drama gave rise to the acting company, and the acting company each year bestows this award on someone who they believe has a body of work in their career that has forwarded uh, Hausman's legacy of nurturing young actors to play the classics and has uh, somehow contributed to creating productions of professional productions of classics and i guess they ran out of really important famous people and so they picked me but but i mean you join a list of of highly recognized yeah people i stand on the shoulders of some amazing people it's yeah i i'll be the only name that no one recognizes (laughs) oh i don't know about that i mean obviously you got onto their radar screen somehow (laughs) yes so uh, now, in addition to your work at the university, do you continue to direct another? Other I last uh, year, I directed uh, at the Alley Theater in Houston. Uh, I I regularly guest direct one or two a year around the country. They still ask me, so I still say yes. Now, are there particular genres of theater that you like to direct more than others? I really am quite eclectic. You know, directors, as you probably know, get typecast just like actors do. Mm-hmm. And, and early in my career, I couldn't get a job doing a play by a living author to save my life. <laughs> I, I would do all dead white European males. I did mm-hmm. Ibsen and Chekhov and Moliere and Shakespeare, and nobody would have. And then I did uh, the American premiere of a new play at the Milwaukee Re- Repertory Theater, and it, it was a play about Custer, and it happened that the then uh, critic for the New York Times was a huge, it was Frank Rich, was a huge history buff. And he flew out to see this play, and it was on the, it was reviewed on the front page of the New York Times Arts and Leisure. <laughs> and after that, I couldn't get a job directing anything except living playwrights. <laughs> and, and then somewhere in there, kind of balanced out, and now I'm invited, fortunately, to do a, 
pretty wide variety of things, and I like that. I, I like uh, if I've done a Shakespeare, I like next doing something very, very contemporary, and so I like to mix it up like that. And uh, in addition to the directing, uh, the Houseman Award recognizes you uh, for uh, how you sort of the training that you yes. provided as well. Talk a little bit yes. about your role as a as a theater trainer educator. Well, I uh, I began a program called the Professional Theater Training Program, which began at the University of Wisconsin Milwaukee in 1976. If you can imagine anything back in the medieval period like that. <laughs> And in 1988, we moved the entire program to the University of Delaware at the invitation of the university. And we, uh, we conducted that conservatory training program there at the University of Delaware until 2011 when the university defunded it. Uh, and, uh, we have turned out a, as it happens, a really great many uh, working actors. And what's particular to that program is that our focus was for the stage. Mm-hmm. And even if, if that wasn't a small enough niche, it was <laughs> really for people who would like to earn the bulk of their living playing the classics. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a very small percentage of the people who want to be actors in the right, world. Right. But we address that particular. And as you know, Paul, the classics require skills and technical facility that is way beyond what you might need for a contemporary play. Which is why I only do fluff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not so sure about that. But but our our, uh, graduates have distinguished themselves all over the country. It's tough to see a production, I think, of an American, American production of a classic play that doesn't have one of our graduates mm-hmm, in it, mm-hmm. no matter where you would mm-hmm. go. And and a great many of them have also distinguished themselves in Broadway musicals. Why that would be, I right. can't tell you. And television. And I mean, television. You should, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, Andre film. Brower, I believe. No, he's not one of our, no. Steve Harris. That, that was who it. You're yes, thinking. that was Steve it. Steve yeah. is. And, yeah. uh, uh, and he was uh, a regular on, he is again a regular on television series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, it, most of them are on the stage, yeah, and therefore yeah. they're not particularly big names, mm-hmm. with the exception of the Broadway musical people, mm-hmm. the TV people. Right. Uh, but they are the people who are playing the King of England or the, right. <laughs> the Cardinal or whatever mm-hmm. uh, all across the nation. Now, being recognized with this national award, the, the John Houseman Award, um, clearly... It, it, the the theater scene is on their radar yes. uh, to identify people uh, worthy of this award. Could you speak uh, briefly about the uh, the range of theater opportunities there are out there? I, I think often for the novice or the 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 person who's not familiar with theater, they think Broadway. Yeah, but there's so much no, more to theater a, than that. Broadway's a little tiny piece of the whole. Right. Well, we have we have commercial theaters all over the country that do produce Broadway fare, uh, but almost every major city has a either a roadhouse or their own local producing organization that's doing musicals and Broadway plays, and then we have a network of not for profit theaters. Uh, that sounds like they're losing money. What? No, it's just they're uh, they're incorporated as a service to their community rather than as a money making proposition. Here we have the Delaware Theater Company and us, the resident ensemble players. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every 
sizable city in America has one or two such theaters, mm-hmm. and they are doing a full season of plays every year. And then, of course, on the at the amateur level, there's a huge network of community theaters mm-hmm. all over the country, mm-hmm. w- which delight audiences and make opportunities for people. So it's a pretty big scene, the American theater. Now, with all the professional actors that you have worked with over time, would you have a ballpark guess as to how many of those actors began in community theater or the high school productions? Virtually all, not all, but virtually all of them before they go to a training program like ours or Yale uh, Drama School or Juilliard. They've had a substantial amount of experience in high school, usually mm-hmm. in undergraduate, and often in community theater, mm-hmm. particularly in in uh, communities where the schools don't have as active a drama program. Then they, you look at their resume that they're using to apply for a right. training program, mm-hmm. and they have done twenty plays at the community of of a wide variety. I mean, people have a peculiar and I think really inaccurate idea of community theaters as if they do only one kind of thing. The fact is the range is extraordinary. And uh, we've had some very good people whose applications reflected that their early experience was primarily there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, in addition to being chair of the theater department, are you teaching any classes? Not not at present, no. no. It's it, running our theater company is a pretty full-time, <laughs> pretty full-time. job. We're yeah. doing six full mm-hmm. productions over the course of this season. Mm-hmm. And in addition, we have a resident acting company. Right. A, and a really superb I know it's immodest of me to say it this way, but it's a superb group of actors mm-hmm. and by any standard with with really substantial credits and with enormous versatility. And in each play, we augment that core group of, of resident members with guests from uh, all over the country. Mm-hmm. So we have designers and directors and actors coming in and out at all times. We always have one play in performance and another in re- at least one other in rehearsal. Mm-hmm. So it's that keeps me pretty busy. Now, I, I want to continue with the resident ensemble players, but let me first remind our listeners that you are tuned into Delaware State of the Arts here on News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. Our guest in the studio today is Sandy Robbins, the producing artistic director of resident ensemble players and the chair of the theater department at University of Delaware. Uh, Sandy, it, it occurs to me as you, as you talk about your, the resident company of actors that, uh, Casting a resident company must be quite a different dynamic than casting a show. Could you speak to that? I can. I think the first thing is the selection of the season is unquestionably, when you have a resident company, you are picking plays in which at least some of those key roles in that play can be played by. Fortunately, our company was assembled principally uh, uh, we made our selections on the basis of their versatility. And we have a group of people with a, a way bigger than usual range. Uh, they can play young, they can play old, they can play this comedy. That, and that makes it a lot easier than it would otherwise be. Mm-hmm. You can't imagine mm-hmm. having a resident company of people who can only do one thing. You'd really be in trouble. Right, right. But uh, so that uh, there is that. And then... Uh, you, if you want to keep a resident company, and I do, because the whole point is that they 
work together like a great sports team. Right. Uh, and, and they know each other's chemistry and therefore you can achieve something artistically. You, you couldn't if you were bringing people together just for a play. Right. Uh, but uh, it, it means that I, if I want to keep them, I've got to make sure that they have opportunities to grow, opportunities mm-hmm. to have their moment in the sun, so to speak. So I'm also looking at how the 10 members of the company can be uh, used over the course of a season, which means one or two leading roles and one or two supporting roles and one or two very being the butler who mm-hmm. comes in and, you know, <laughs> one line. Uh and that's important both to provide those kind of opportunities and also to not overload uh, someone so because the whole point of having a resident company like that is that you have a higher standard and and a level of quality you couldn't otherwise achieve so you better make sure you've dispersed the roles in a way that allows that to happen. Right. Now let's take that core of actors and let's take a look at this uh, upcoming season. Okay. You mentioned earlier uh, in our conversation about living playwrights. You are featuring living playwrights this year we as, as well as non-living playwrights. Yes. But uh, just a really incredibly exciting season. Thank you. We're, we are very excited about it. It's, you know, one of the things, Paul, we always endeavor to do at The Rep uh, is select a group of plays that really represent the breadth of what the theater has to offer rather than doing one kind of play that uh, if you have a subscription to our theater and I encourage everybody to have one, you'll have a, have a real, at the end of a season, you will have had a taste of many different kinds of plays, many periods, many genres, many kinds of writing, many kinds of performance styles and this year's a good example of that, I think. Mm-hmm. Now, your season is starting with August Osage County. Yes. Uh, a Pulitzer Prize winning yes. play, I yes. believe. Uh, Tracy Letts, uh, yeah. playwright. Uh, and did I recently see in a promotional uh, photo of the set? You is may that, have. Is that possible? You, you may well have, Which yes. looked... Absolutely it's, incredible, it's spectacular. And, and which is one thing. I mean, resident ensemble players, especially with a show like that, that's a one set show. It's it's just really incredible what you can do in the uh, in the uh, the theater there. Yeah, we're very fortunate in that we have been able to attract some of the very top designers in the country from Broadway and the other major regional theaters, and the team for this one is no exception. And and it is an impressive looking production, no question. Mm-hmm. Now, who who is um, who is in it, and has it started rehearsals yet? It's in its third week of rehearsals, okay. and we'll we'll open mm-hmm. on the twenty eighth of September, and our company plus five guests. I, I, I don't know that you'd be familiar with the names of these people, but if you looked at their credits, you'd be enormously mm-hmm. impressed. Mm-hmm. They include Broadway, they include television, mm-hmm. film, and major roles at the big regional theaters around the country. It's mm-hmm. a it's one of the best casts we've ever assembled, and I think it's going to, for for Delaware audiences to see this many great actors on one stage, I think will be surprising. And as you know, that's a play that is hilariously funny, mm-hmm. and then quite touching and quite mm-hmm. moving, yeah. and it's a... Uh, it's an unusual play in that respect, yeah. that it gets you in a lot of different ways. 
And it sort of puts our own dysfunctional families yes. in perspective. Yes. You, however bad your family is, it will seem like it was the, the uh, Ozzie and Harriet yeah. after this. Yeah. Every family is dysfunctional. There's just different levels of yeah, dysfunction. Well, this, is, this is a 10 out of 10. <laughs> so that's a contemporary playwright, Tracy yep. Letts. Uh, and then from there, I believe you go to Agatha Christie. Agatha Christie's Murder on the Orient Express, which is... As everyone knows, her most popular title, both as a novel, it's been a film multiple times, mm-hmm. it's been a miniseries, and it's got Hercule Perrault, her most beloved character, and with good reason. Mm-hmm. But it also has, it'll be a really spectacular looking production. You know, it has a moving train, it has the uh, a hotel in Turkey that is the number one five-star hotel in all of Europe and the East. It has a lot of different locations. And then there's a murder on a train, which which murder cannot be figured out. Of course, it has to be a murder right. you can't figure out. <laughs> and, and a surprise at the ending that I won't spoil. Right. But it's pretty much got anything. It's quite funny. It's like all good mysteries. It really does keep you guessing. And in this case, it's also got a lot to see. It, it's going to be quite a spectacular looking and sounding production. Mm-hmm. And and moving from there, uh, coming back to a living playwright yes. and a local living playwright. Well, he's playwright. a member of our acting company. <laughs> That's right. He's about as, as local as he could be. <laughs> he's a founding member of our acting company, Michael Gotch. We did a play of his last season that, you know, here's a writer no one's heard of and a title no one had heard of. And it was one of our top sellers all year. And it's subsequently, it's going to be done at the Westport Playhouse next year. Right. Uh, and mm-hmm. this play that we're doing this year called Starter Pistol has re- just won the Oregon Shakespeare Festival's new play competition and will be read there. Uh, it, it's a terrific play. And we just happened to be lucky. We wound up that one of our best actors is also emerging as a really important young American playwright. Mm-hmm. His plays are being uh, are winning awards all over the place, and we get to premiere his work. Now, uh, are his plays, are they at a point of now being published and available They're to other theaters? They're not yet theaters? published. Okay. I expect they will. He's in communication <clears throat> sure, with. Sure, So uh, they're not yet published, but they are around. So they're being performed at other oh, yes, theaters. Yeah. yeah. Well, Westbrook's going to do one. Yeah. Ashland's going to read the one, this one. And four or five other theaters are now looking at it on their short list for next year. Okay. And following Michael's uh, starter pistol, uh, you're coming back to one of my favorite American playwrights and one of my favorite plays, The Crucible yeah, by Arthur Miller. Yeah, it's one of the great American plays. Yeah. It's, and, it's and, a classic. Yeah. And strangely, more relevant maybe now than when it was written. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> as you say, it, it's a it, it's a it's a classic. It's a we don't have Shakespeare in America. We're not old enough. <laughs> but we have Arthur Miller and Tennessee Williams and Gene O'Neill. Right. And this is one of the greats. No mm-hmm. question. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be directed by uh, Ben Barnes, who is the former artistic director of Ireland's National Theatre, the Abbey. And he will bring a particular sensibility uh, uh, that is not merely an American sensibility. But we'll see what's universal about that play. Mm-hmm. And I'm very mm-hmm. excited about Ben doing it for us. Now, I would assume for that play, you have to bring in some actors from outside. Quite a few. Yeah. Quite a few. Yeah, it's, it's a, a larger it's, cast. It's a yeah. very big cast. Yeah. yeah. That and uh, August is a pretty big cast, but Crucible right. is an enormous cast. Right. And Murder actually has yeah. quite a few people yeah. in it, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. 
And then uh, you're going to Whipping Man. Yes, Whipping Man is... That's one I'm not as familiar with. Well, it's by Matthew Lopez, who's about to open The Inheritance on Broadway. The Inheritance won every award in Europe you can win. Mm -hmm. The Olivier and all of them. And it's an interesting play. It takes place right after the Civil War about a a Jewish family that were slave owners Mm. in the South and who converted their slaves to Judaism. And it takes place on the eve of Passover when one of the sons is returning from the rebel forces Mm -hmm. uh, and these now newly freed slaves are coping with freedom, uh, which brings problems that no one had anticipated. It's very funny. It's very, very moving. And it says some things about slavery that I think need to be said and, and are... Not obvious. Mm-hmm. That's as much as I'll say. And in the minute we have left, uh, you wrap up the season with Round and Round the yeah, Garden. One of the funniest British farces you'll ever see. Mm-hmm. It's the the attempted philandering <laughs> of a group of very close friends who th- are trying to enliven their marriages. And it gets more and more complicated and more and more out of hand and funnier and funnier. It's going to be directed by Mariah Aitken, who's the Tony and Olivier Award director of 39 Steps, mm-hmm. master of comedy, and I think it'll be a riot. That's great. Well, we have a few seconds left, so tell us where our listeners can find out about the Resident Ensemble's well, they um, can, season. They can go to our website, which is uh, www.rep.udel.edu, or they can call our box office at 302-831-2204. Great. And with that, uh, Sandy Robbins, I want to thank you so much for joining us today, uh, sharing the Resident Ensemble Players, your upcoming season, and congratulations again on the John Houseman Award, which you'll be receiving in late October. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.